0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast where we explore the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about fans of the insanely popular Fortnite. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. You can't see it, but just believe that I'm flossing right now.
1: And Nick Z? I did it. I found the llama and got so much loot. I'll never be able to unassociate llamas with Winamp. Fun fact, the people who created Reaper also created Winamp. What? Did the two work in tandem? As some kind I, of super program? I somehow <laughs> doubt it. But that's okay, because we're not going to be talking about the super program that is Winamp plus Reaper. We're going to be talking about the super program that is Fortnite. And I'm going to be honest When we started this episode, when we started doing the research before recording, I was at a complete loss as to what to expect. I hadn't put a lot of thought into, you know, what is Fortnite? I had heard that it was a bunch of kids getting addicted to this game in schools, how insanely disruptive it was in classrooms, and that it was this kind of battle royale game, but it was just part of a swath of... Battle Royale games. I assumed it was a bunch of tweens and teens squirming over voice chat. And uh, I'm a little bit curious what the two of you thought before digging into the research.
0: So, my first exposure to Fortnite was at the wrestling event All In in September, where the impossibly small wrestler Marco Stunt eliminated like a huge, gigantic. Wrestler from a battle royal, and then started flossing. I didn't know that that was a thing that happened outside of this guy. I thought he was just doing a weird thing, but I, it was clear to me that it was like a meme thing. Like it, it, it meant something to people that were younger than me. Is what <laughs> is what a meme is. And then, then the next time I heard it was our, our good friend Evan, who played PUBG, and I was familiar with PUBG, and then, and then this, this flashy new Fortnite. Uh, came into the scene to take uh, take PUBG away from itself but in a more cartoony version i had those two different things in my head i didn't realize they were they were related until a little later i just knew it as like a battle royale style game i didn't realize all the uh all the color and 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 school stopping uh mayhem that it was
2: it's kind of funny how there's this undercurrent of uh of delinquency i guess perhaps in all of our first impressions the first place I ever saw anything of Fortnite was this thing scrolled on a on a telephone post outside of a school here in town that just said Fortnite forever. At the time, I had no idea what it meant, but eventually, YouTube channels like Game Theory made all sorts of videos about Fortnite and you know how how it uh, does this, that, and the other. Is it good? Is it bad? Et cetera, et cetera. So I learned a little bit about it from that, and my impression was that it was just this game that was taking the the Minecraft generation by storm. It was this sort of second big hit for those who grew up with Minecraft and now needed something or wanted something a little bit more mature. And, you know, get guns in there and everything's automatically way more mature, right?
1: (laughs) Get guns, get good.
2: One thing
0: that I didn't realize about it until I started doing the research for this is that it's like Minecraft Plus, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. Like, I didn't realize that because I knew that it was like PUBG in that it's everyone's fighting each other with guns and the player area gets smaller and smaller till there's one person. I didn't realize there was also a building element to it as well.
1: I can't say that I completely understand the building element, but as part of the research, I was watching prominent Twitch streamer Ninja play some Fortnite, and it was it was to me almost incomprehensible how quickly things came together like yes you're you're wandering around a map like like you said trying to avoid the storm but all of a sudden just ramps start building out of nothing and to nothing but you're building things to protect you and things to get you places and ways to get above your opponents so you can attack them i was I don't know how it works, but I'm thoroughly impressed by it.
0: The most striking clip that I saw was two people engaged in a firefight while building stuff on top of each other at the same time, which I suppose is the logical extension of having both of those abilities in the game. But it was still, uh, it was still pretty trippy. Follow- followed, of course, by teenagers screaming, as previously mentioned. As we've learned, both by by kids flossing up and down every street in uh, you know in the world, and adults continually running new stories on being befuddled by all the kids flossing on every street in the world. Fortnite is fairly popular. And to start out, it's probably not hard to attribute it to like ease of availability. It is free and on every platform.
1: Uh, I think it's still in the process of being released on Android, but mm-hmm. I mean, even to say that it's on iOS and to say that it's on PlayStation and Xbox and Switch I don't think it's on 3DS, but that's not important. <laughs> it's it's on every platform, and it's not just free, which is obviously a factor. And it's not just on every platform. It's cross-platform. There are few games that you can play if you have a PlayStation and your friend has an Xbox that you can just do that. It's hard to overstate how popular Fortnite is because, you know, as somebody out of touch with the youths of today, it's easier for me to say, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's crazy popular. But one of the articles that I was reading was talking about how popular it is, and it used the comparison of other games of this era. It's this article from SVG, and it talks about the untold truth of Fortnite, and it's mentioning as an example, uh, it compares it to Hearthstone. Hearthstone is another free-to-play game that took three years to get to 70 million people. League of Legends, uh, which I believe is also free-to-play, or at least partly free-to-play, has 100 million monthly players, but that's 10 years old. Fortnite, as of June of 2018, which is now last year, has 40 million people who log in at least once a month. That means we're talking like 40 million in the past year compared to 100 million over 10 years. That's a very clear indication that there is something ridiculous going on here.
0: It's... A couple of factors, like it's obviously the battle royal style is is a fun fun way to play. Also you have the creation aspect, whether it's used for attack or to, to create an actual fort to protect yourself you know there's, there's an aspect of like, oh man, check out my place.
1: Was it in your node Z that it was talking with the person who just decided to build a place and still ended up in the top 20?
2: Yeah, yeah the uh, there's this article on futurism said you know he played a a few rounds for the sake of the article and each time he just built his dream house and still wound up in the top 20 every time so it's not like just because it's a shooter you've got to be good at shooters to you know get anywhere below the top 80 you can just hole up in in a constructed palace of your own desires and still do pretty well it's a really lofty way to put it (laughs)
0: I guess if you don't engage, your your risk of of being shot is lower.
2: Even though, unlike Minecraft, it's not necessarily permanent, or it's not permanent at all. What you build, as far as I know, it disappears once the round's over. But there's an option to, or it's automatically recorded. One of those two. So I mean, if you build something fantastic and have it recorded, you can just upload that, and it, and it might as well be permanent. So there's that aspect to it as well—that shareability.
0: And um, customization in the house that you make, and also in the, uh, the the costumes or or what have you, you can buy. Buy?
2: Earn.
1: Earn. Earn, earn or buy. I'm, I'm going to take a quick step back from costumes, but talking about characterization, because I did not know, and uh, looking at the show notes, see, it was also in this camp, did not know that when you play in the game, you are assigned effectively a random character to start. And that kind of blows my mind because there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusivity in gaming. And obviously you can't just give somebody a random skin and cool. There, you've got it. You've solved the problem. No one, there's no racism. There's no sexism, but it's amazing how that changes the game. It Like you, you don't assume anything about the particular players you're with because their appearance doesn't reflect who they are as people. It also creates, I guess, interesting problems. Where if you're if you're really upset that you are portrayed in a particular way, you can solve the problem by earning whatever you need to get a different skin, or by paying money, which plays into what you were talking about, G, with being able to customize the characters.
0: Because uh, the actual character that you portray is randomized. Um, choosing choosing the costume is a matter of your own personal customization and maybe a reflection of your personality.
1: Yeah, so if you want to be Thanos and, <laughs> you know, reenact the snap and just win the round, <laughs> then yeah, go for it. One of the things that I think makes it really popular is how accessible it is. We talked about how it's on every platform and how it's cross-platform, and that already does huge numbers of things. But also it's accessible in the sense that it's free it's accessible in the sense that you can play it any on any platform accessible in the sense that you can play it anywhere if that is the classroom great unless you're <laughs> a teacher in which case you've got a you've got a problem on your hands that is
0: probably rivaling fidget spinners probably worse than fidget spinners to be completely honest i think fortnite's proven to have more longevity than fidget spinners at this point about 2 years or it hasn't even been 2 years
2: if you're a physics teacher or a, like an algebra teacher, calculus teacher, trig teacher, you can like make some word problems around Fortnite, I think. So you can try you can try to be hep with the kids. The bus
1: is flying over the frozen point and it's moving at a speed of two oh, kilometers
0: per hour. If you jump out <laughs> could you teach your class in
2: Fortnite? I mean the storm would kinda of get in the way and some students might uh might get destroyed by it or whatever, but
0: maybe Jim then.
2: However, however disruptive it is, what can be said of so many other classic games can be said of it. It is very easy to learn but difficult to master.
0: It doesn't hurt that it looks really good, right? Oh, for sure. It it just looks like like a ball. It looks like a lot of fun. Like it could be on Cartoon Network. It's like what if you took Red versus Blue but made it with
1: like Pixar? Well, every time I I look at Fortnite, I can't help but be drawn back to the parallels of, say, Team Fortress 2, where instead of going, say, the PUBG route, where Team Fortress Classic would have gone, they decided to go with a different aesthetic. And so you have this very, um, not cartoony, but, like, fun kind of look to it. Nor is it, like, especially violent or explicit. Cartoon violence, you're shooting people and blowing them up, but not in the sense where body parts are dismembered or obscene parts that were exposed or anything like that and i'd read yeah. that the game started off very
0: different than that but it didn't end up that way it it started as in 2011 as sort of a sequel to minecraft where you'd you'd build your fort during the day to protect yourself from the zombies coming at night in 2017 they they pivoted and um added battle royale. i didn't know before we did the research that there's a game like a Fortnite game that is not battle royal
2: what yeah yeah it like started out as sort of like a left for for dead crossed with minecraft like G was saying the whole prep for a night of zombies and it's kind of funny it reminds me so much of uh, of golden eye and how golden eye 64 and how the multiplayer there was just like an afterthought as well somebody in like the last month of that game's development just threw it in and here's epic games two decades later games have been made but like with a few little tweaks i think that somewhere somewhere it said it took them 63 days to build the uh the battle royale version of the game really yeah very very quick
0: we talked about its popularity especially with young people let's delve a little more into that and talk about fortnite as social media the today's modern msn messenger if you will I feel like you've just dated yourself. If this is the first time I've dated myself on the show, I am proud of that. There are many yeah. games that, I, that
1: come to mind when I think of social gaming. I think of games like somehow Overwatch, but maybe casual, or Team Fortress 2 played casually, or World of Warcraft. Uh, you know, games that are mm. either quick to play relatively, or games that are immersive in a sense that they allow you to build communities. So any sort of giant RPG, MMORPG. But Fortnite didn't ever seem like that to me from the outset. So I was surprised to read reports of uh, different authors playing games with their
2: 12-year-olds friends. The thing that, that blows me away so much about the idea of Fortnite as this social media platform is just like like you said t there's so many other games where people get together they play together but there's just something about Fortnite that makes people just want to want to be there you know as uh as psychologists might say it, or so sociologists probably might say it makes it a third place a place that's not home or work slash school but that you want to be like a coffee shop or you know some some cool hangout nightclub place it's a video game and apparently it's just like this thing that that people enjoy doing while they're conversing with other people they'll have conversations during the game that you know break every now and then for somebody to like shout out bogey at your six or whatever but it's just like you know you just go down to the corner fortnight and grab a malt enjoy a little chat
1: How much of that do you think is a result of the world that we live in having changed? The world that we live in is constantly changing. But when I think back to my childhood, as an example, uh, even though I chose to stay indoors a lot because I'm a huge nerd, my parents and many parents of that time still encouraged their kids to go out and, and play. And it's not that that's no longer the case today, but I feel like We've become a very protective society, and as a result, there are maybe less spaces for younger people to have that third space in. Uh, I don't know how that applies to older gamers, but it, it seems to me that a like there's this curious question of is the lack of third space, third places available to younger people part of the reason that Fortnite is now so
2: popular? Hard to say. Like I am, I am not a parent, so I do not know what goes into that in terms of, like, protectiveness, overprotective, underprotective, somewhere in between, ideally. Um, but if I had to guess, it could be that, like, the younger generation just doesn't want to explain themselves all the time. So, you know, they, can, they could go out to Starbucks, plug, 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 and be like, hey, let's all meet there and just, like, enjoy a nice frap or cold brew, whatever, and, uh, like, talk about stuff. Or, but if they do that, you know, they're going to have to answer like, okay, I'm going out to meet this person, this person, this person, be back, whatever. But as an alternative, they can just grab their phone, go to their room or anywhere in, the, in in their house, apartment, whatever, plug into Fortnite. Parents look over. Oh, they're just like watching a cartoon or playing some crazy game.
0: I think if it didn't have the building aspect to it, then it wouldn't be nearly as popular as like a hangout space. But I think the idea of, as I said before, literally, Hey, come over to my place that I built, explore, explore the, the, the Fortnite Island. As
2: far as I know, the multiplayer battle Royale is not like heavy on the story, but because of the seasons and how like every two weeks, there's some sort of update and every couple more weeks, there's like a major change to the landscape or whatever. There's some lore about the Island and the various locations that, Tries to tell kind of story.
0: I I know that it it never quite stops changing. Yeah. Like there's there's always something going on not that long from now. Uh, yeah. To keep your attention.
2: Yeah, and which makes it a great place to go hang out because then like you run out of stuff to to talk about you know real world stuff. It's like, hey, did you did you notice this new thing here? Did you notice the the uh, the tomato head mascot? got like blown away by the meteor and it's now landed landed over in uh in loot lake or whatever
1: the sense of wonder and exploration that we might have had as children exploring totally mundane things is now virtual (laughs) like sorry i they're they're mundane because life is mundane but to us they felt like more potentially because they were using our imagination this in this case you can apply your imagination in a different way in a virtual world. And you're exploring that together with other people. You're experiencing that together with other people. And it's a shared experience that can never be replicated because if you weren't playing in season six, then you weren't there when the meteor like nobody,
0: nobody call me out on that. I do not know my Fortnite history, but yeah, but you're right. There's an, there's an element of like, you got to be there. Like there's, there's a timeliness factor to it. (laughs) Like very few things on, uh, on television. Um, television but, has no time for this. but i mean yeah but i mean i i, I get it i get the the impulse it, obviously it's a it's a one player then your story not you know a massive uh online space to interact with people but this is what final fantasy looked like to me when i played it when i was young i was
2: like this is incredible i want to live there well so then it seems it seems like the difference between that final fantasy world that like, you wanted to live in G and the Fortnite world that so many young people <laughs> apparently want to live in now um, is that change. I remember at the end of 2018, they'd announced that like a specific build mode or builds something had been added or would be added to the game. So like there's another mode to Battle Royale now that apparently has more to do with building.
0: Build the highest building in two minutes <laughs>
2: Well, even then, like, oh, I feel like this maybe veers off a little bit into psychology and my my guesses and theories on what, based on what little about that I know. But it seems like one of the biggest things, whether you see, look at this as a social media platform, whether you just look at it as this game that is phenomenally popular, it feels like Epic Games just like tapped into the exact right amount of time for things like updates roughly every 2 weeks game rounds 25 to 30 minutes it's just like in terms of and i think like especially the game round length um opposed to say pubg which apparently can go on for like an hour and more because it turns into like a camp out instead of an actual shooter yeah. um but like with those shorter times it's on the one hand it's so much easier to get a lot of games in to feel like you're really making a lot of progress towards that awesome piece of gear you can you can earn with your battle pass. But it's also only 25 to 30 minutes that you can like wander around the space and try to find something cool to talk to people about or like go around with your squad and like maybe find something really interesting or win.
1: I mean from a psychological perspective, again, not being an expert in that area, that seems to to fit a perfect space. If you think of a third space for adults as places like pubs, Then, you know, typically you don't want to go to a pub and spend your, maybe I'm a bad example, but I assume there's a lot of time where you just want to go to a place, be there for a little bit and then go do something else. If you're going to work, go to grab a coffee and then come back to work or go home or, or whatever. And all of those things that you've described makes it very easy to do that kind of thing makes it very easy to just drop in or drop out. You, you don't have to be competitive. And because it doesn't have to be competitive, that makes it great as a social space. I don't know about you, but uh, the last time I went out to grab a meal, to sit yeah. down with some folks, someplace where I wasn't at work or at home, uh, I didn't have to beat the crap or shoot anyone in order to to get that table. And I didn't have to be good at that either. I just had to go and just be, just exist.
2: Well that's another thing too. I mean even when somebody's eliminated in Fortnite apparently you can just keep watching that round.
1: Oh, they just spectate. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that's normal for games
0: to but like as an ability to do. And and also too, like a lot of the social interaction is probably just two friends are playing Fortnite and they're just and they're not talking about Fortnite, they're just talking about whatever right but it's something that they're both doing at the same time and the game is not so complex that it needs to be like a call of duty like okay you go here you go here and I'll do this like it's just it's just kind of a way to like sort of relax and chat while still you know have have your brain doing something
1: yeah and if you wanted to make new friends either intentionally or unintentionally you just play the game and you run across people you know but, uh, much in the same way that if you were i don't know playing a a game uh sports playing a game of soccer out and just like and some people were like hey do you want to play a game or, or basketball might be a better example mm-hmm. if you were at a, a court and just wanted to play and some people approach you, you'd you be like yeah okay and it's not necessarily that you're any good at basketball or anything like that but you're you're playing it and you're sharing that experience you're not playing Fortnite to play Fortnite. you're you're playing it because that's where people are and you want to be with other people. I want to be with other people. Clearly I should be playing Fortnite
0: as opposed to hearing people scream into the microphone about Overwatch. Fortnite has become somewhat famous for the multitude of dances. I mean, they look familiar to me. They're just taunts from a wrestling game, but all dances. But it's it's, you know, fun way to fun way to bond in person. If you start if you start making some moves to a beat. Many many dances are featured from across pop culture. And some look oddly familiar, so we have lawsuits against Fortnite for copying some dances. We have the Carlton dance. We have Millie Rock and his "Keep It Tidier, Keep It Tighter," whatever the actual thing is called. And oh yeah, Backpack Kid, yep, inventor of the floss.
1: Like we're we're not talking that. Oh, this is some little thing that some people know. We're talking. William Jackson Harper, who you may know as one of the cast of The Good Place, like there's Instagram clips of him teaching Ted Danson how to floss. Yeah. Right? That is the world that we live in. This isn't just some kids. This is, this is everybody. Everybody is learning how to floss.
0: One thing that um, my wife and I have not been able to quite figure out is which one is the Fortnite dance. Would you say that it's the floss?
1: I would knowing nothing
0: else. Yeah, I've
1: seen people write the Fortnite dance. Normally, we're talking about the fan space of creative works, and for the most part, people are pretty happy about transformative works. One might argue that this isn't transformative in any regard, but usually, when we're talking about fan works, we're not worried about the legality of things because we acknowledge that these are fanish works. This is a bit different because it's not really fanish. They're
0: there are people making making money off of this. These are some of the things that you pay f- you actually do pay for in Fortnite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is how you yeah. express ironically you pay to express yourself by using work that is merely ex- an expression of other people hoisted into the game.
2: Oh, man. man.
0: Yeah, and some of them are like your standard dances like there's like, you know, the Russian kicking dance, right? Which I don't think oh, is, yeah, yeah. is generally attributed to one particular person, but is just a thing known. Whereas some look like direct captures of, say, Carlton or Donald Faison from Scrubs. I watched YouTube video by a channel called Legal Eagle, who is a lawyer and examined the case. Ultimately, the prosecution's point is not like a very complex one. It's like, that's, that's Carlton, you know, hmm. and he made that famous. But uh, copyright's really weird because you, you can copyright a dance. Oh, okay. But if it is a simple or social dance, you can't. So you can't
1: do like the Watusi or the Twist or any of those songs from that
0: song in yeah. Blues Brothers? <laughs> yeah, like like a waltz or a foxtrot or a plie and ballet. You can't copyright those things, <laughs> right? Because they're, they're basic... Components of dance. the the in 1976, the copyright law was extended to include dancing, um, but it more means like a choreographed performance, like performed in a dramatic way. So those dance moves are like are like stuff you could stitch together to create a dance, but um, like like simple moves and social stuff is not necessarily considered to be a dance. But this falls in a weird area because it's like. Like no one just does the Carlton without being like, "Hey, I'm Carlton from Fresh Prince."
1: Right. There's a there's an association with something greater. Uh, yeah. In a in a way that's different from say Michael Jackson and the moonwalk.
0: Yes. I think that's pretty.
1: Because like we associate Michael Jackson with the moonwalk, as an example, or even the uh, lean and smooth criminal. However, the lean and smooth criminal is actually a feat of, of technology and possibly choreography. So
0: even that is probably covered. Doing some of the research, I did watch 12 minutes of just some of the dances from Fortnite. And there's definitely one in the game that is kind of like Thriller but just kind of, which makes me think that thriller is a copyrighted dance.
2: I would believe that one. Because
0: Cause like, cause there's a, yeah, there's a whole set of movements to it.
2: Yes. It's complex. Maybe it could be said to have a story to it. Maybe one of the biggest problems that I remember reading about, uh, specifically for the prosecution's case, um, is that it's really, really difficult to pin down the, the original creator, Of these dances, like the Carlton, um, the actor, the
1: Carlton wasn't, wasn't even the actor, Alfonso, Alfonso Ribeiro, Uh,
0: Ribeiro. yeah, Yeah. he said it was a combination of Courtney Cox and dancing with the dark, dancing in the dark and of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. According to him, but the, the, the direction he got was Carlton dances. Yep. And then he did that. Much much like Annoyed Grunt.
2: But that's an important part of the copyright, you know? It's got to be the person who invented it. Even Backpack Kid. Not the Mm -hmm. first instance, not the first recorded instance of a dance that involves those motions.
0: But the interesting thing about these dances is that they are now social signifiers to other Fortnite players, and the meaning that they had when they were put into the game kind of doesn't matter anymore. The meaning that they had before the game doesn't matter either. Is, is it the Carlton
1: dance? Nope, it is the Fortnite dance. And even that doesn't matter because all that matters is that you know that it's part of Fortnite and I know that it's part of Fortnite. And we have a shared connection, just like at a con, even if we don't know anything else about each other.
0: Let's get to our, our conclusions on Fortnite and let's start with ti I'm going to say that
1: I'm coming to Fortnite with a much more charitable impression of it after doing all the research. As soon as I started to see some of these articles about it being a third space and also actually watching some gameplay as opposed to hearing things, I gained a much greater appreciation for it as a place to hang out and also got a better appreciation of the quality of the game because possibly in earlier versions of the game, it didn't look as nice. It's a little more rough around the edges, but it looks really good. And so I think it's actually at a point where I would give it a shot. I don't think that I would necessarily play it all the time, but I'm curious enough to kind of dive in and get a better understanding of the game and the players and the environment firsthand. Then I can also stop just saying it's like that
0: Minecraft PUBG game. Being an only child playing a bevy of one-player games, I'm not super into (laughs) online multiplayer competitive games whatsoever. However, I am actually interested in playing the story mode of Fortnite which, unfortunately, I don't think is the free part. But um, I'd much rather like enjoy Fortnite in a game where I'm progressing through a story. And the fact that in the in the Battle Royale I have to come in having missed a bunch of stuff already annoys me, even though that is how probably almost everyone experienced the game anyway. I mean, it does seem to be a majority young people and stuff, and I, I don't condone yelling of any kind at any time. But um, I... I like to try the single player. Like, like the game just looks fun. It looks like a fun experience to be there, to have an avatar, to shoot a bunch of stuff, to build a bunch of houses, and uh, and do a bunch of dances.
2: Well, after doing the research for the episode, I, I didn't actually watch any gameplay. I kind of, I wouldn't say I had my heart set on it, but I was stung by the idea of uh, of playing the game a little bit. And that, uh, that Sting site swole, swole up, swelled up quite a bit. But uh, it's since, since gone down, feeling a lot better now. Once it comes to Android, I'd be willing to download it and give it a shot. But it's not something I'm terribly interested in. I'm kind of curious about the lore angle of it. And just even if it's not really storytelling in the same way as an RPG or something like that, I'm just curious to see how Epic handles whatever lore around is around the island and, you know, like, the happenings of the game world and how they unfold, even though it's not necessarily story-driven is, is interesting to me.
1: And as you can see, you clearly have the curative Z, the arguably transformative
0: T and the participatory g in these circumstances those of course are our thoughts on fortnite if you'd like to give us your thoughts or tell us why our thoughts were incorrect check us out facebook and twitter and uh yell at us if it's if it's in words i don't mind it as much so you know hit your caps lock and and start typing Uh, at The Next Cast on uh, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to hear more of this show, all the episodes are available at com on Spotify, or on the podcatcher of your choice. If you'd like to rate and review us, that would be fantastic. And hit subscribe so you get a brand new episode covering a brand new fandom every Friday. Guess that
1: leaves just one piece to this puzzle. I wish it was a puzzle. That would have been a great segue. Uh, but that is the famous last words, in case you were wondering what we're going to cover next week. As the bus balloons over Fortnite Island and goes off to another island. Next week, we are going to be talking about fans of The Office. And by that, I mean the North American program. But maybe we'll talk a little bit about the United Kingdom one as well. Uh, So, gentlemen, what are your
0: famous last words about The Office? I've heard a lot that people... The Office is one of those shows that people will just watch endlessly. They'll watch it all the way through to the end and then when it and then when it gets to the end, they just start over. and my 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 question, I guess, is why don't
2: people do that with Parks and Rec because it's better? Bouncing a little bit off of a cheese point there, I gotta say, as far as this sort of like mock documentary style sitcom sort of formatted show, uh, I'm way more familiar with and way more into Parks and Rec. I think I've maybe seen like 15 minutes of The Office, the the American version. I've seen all of the UK version, you see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway. So I'm just going to throw out a softball for myself, pitching to my future self at the bat. Is there any The Office cosplay? We've talked about
1: a lot of different shows on this show, and in particular last season we talked about M.A.S.H. We talked about how one of the factors that makes M.A.S.H popular was its timeliness in the media landscape and its content. And I want to know if the office, if the majority of its popularity is just kind of being in the right place at the right time and being good. And if the office will stand the test of time, or if it shows signs of
0: it, it already the fandom just dissolving. That is this episode of Fanthropological for this week. So until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> you mean you want to be where the people are?
1: <laughs> I want to see. I want to see them dancing. <laughs> oh Oh no i didn't realize (laughs) i've been tricked (laughs) dab away yeet into the sun (laughs) speaking of dancing